Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to part two in our interview with Dan McGrath. This episode, we learned that Dan's met practically all our heroes, and it's a lot of fun. So please enjoy our talk on the What Difference Does It Make podcast. Well, tell us about radio growing up, because, I mean, how did you hear Starman? You, there were, what was it, like two radio stations you had a choice of listening to? <laughs> had, like, well, in London, in London, there was Radio 1, the Radio 1 breakfast show has been going on forever mm-hmm. and ever and ever, and, and right. uh, I can't, I would have, it would have been somebody like, Tony Blackburn or Kenny Everett. Kenny Everett was a um, a brilliantly famous DJ, the the first DJ, certainly in the UK, to play Bohemian Rhapsody from start to finish mm-hmm. on purpose because he was mates with Freddie Mercury. And I think if you watch the the Queen film, there's that there is a scene where Freddie goes in and gives him the song and he sits and plays it. Um, and then there was Capital Radio in, in London that I used to listen to, uh, which was the commercial stations. So. I'm trying to think though. I don't know. I would have probably. I probably would have heard it in in the house more than I, in my home than I would have heard it on the radio. Yeah, you I had think. a pretty hip house, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> my mum. My mum was great. She had really um, youthful taste in music, so she was very much. I was get from her. Both me and my brother were getting Hall and Oates and that kind of ilk, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of. Um, and then there was like Uriah Heep and all these sort of prog rocky bands and a lot of rock and Zeppelin because my mum was in her mid-30s and so guys in tight jeans and long corkscrew hair she was like yeah that's great <laughs> that's a great look mm. um so i think yeah i i think the bowie stuff was probably my mom and and because radio pop you know pop music on the radio as we well know and it has been for many years is is uh matt johnson i'll tell you a quick matt's matt johnson story from the the <laughs> so we interviewed him well i worked on a show called the big breakfast and we interviewed matt johnson um this was the early 90s so the the were kind of you know, th- there wasn't a lot going on with the other at that point. And um, one, the, the person that was interviewing him said to him, why do you think that you don't have any hits in the charts at the mm-hmm. moment? You know, why do you think you struggle to have like top 10 hits? And he said, because I don't write novelty records. And I think that for me, that really summed it up. The charts, and I love pop music. I think pop music's fantastic. And when you think somebody's done it and torn the arse out of a, of, a, of a genre or a style somebody comes up with a new track a new pop track and you go that's brilliant it's like calvin harris is really good at it or whoever mm-hmm. where they're, they're not doing anything wild and wacky but they just nail it again and again and again and um so uh, so that i think you know the, the 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 pop thing i'm going so going off on a tangent now, i've completely forgotten why i got to got to this point but um radio really 
pop radio, which is probably what I was listening to, mm. was was Starman a pop record? It probably was, wasn't it? Was it a pop? Re- I mean, not, it, not in the I US. don't think so. No, not okay. here. So, so it would have been. It would have been a chart. It would have charted. Mm-hmm. The joy of the seventies, uh, the late seventies, and 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 again. If we're going to extol the virtue of the eighties, is it was the last great era of songwriting. You know, the nineties. The uh, there was some great stuff in the nineties, and I was on the radio in the nineties, and we enjoyed the Britpop explosion in the UK. Mm-hmm. And, but as Gary Langan, who'd mixed all the stuff with Trevor Horn, uh, you know, the, the Lex Gonna Love and all that, said the noise was a fucking vacuum, Dan. You know, and it, and it was like so. The seventy, those, those, you know, to think of Starman as a pop record doesn't make any sense anymore, does it? Because it's not a pop record; it's an absolute iconic bit of music. Mm-hmm. But it was a pop song, and lots of Bowie stuff was. It was very jingly oh. jangly and poppy, and hey, I'm on the radio. It's all that loveliness, wasn't it? Well, it wasn't. We Bowie would not did. have heard it. No, on KHJ, mean, we would not have heard it. No, I mean Bowie didn't. For us, Bowie didn't hit until Let's Dance. Really, right? Okay. I mean, we, we listened to the alternative radio. They played a lot of Bowie there, and and he got a little bit of play on FM radio. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, what were the like, so, like the Suffragette f- City and Changes? Those songs got played. Heroes gets played. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That yeah. He and he did. Um, yeah, Fame. I, actually, yeah. Fame made it into yeah. the top ten. But this was but that, never pop. This was never pop radio. It was only on album rock stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so let, whereas yeah. Let's Dance was. Uh, I mean that was that was like record. his his reach for that's it I'm I'm going to I'm making a pop record. Yeah and it was a relaunch for him as well I think in the oh, it for was sure. a, you know it was a it was a chrysalis coming out of the chrysalis and a rebloom for him as well in the UK cuz all of a sudden we all went oh, this is all very shiny and poppy isn't it? You know, <laughs> I I had a hard time reconciling that you know with modern love with with all with you know heroes and well, changes was, yeah i, I loved was, it i thought i really thought oh, I, loved it. I loved it yeah, yeah, loved yeah, yeah. loved it but it didn't it didn't you know measure, it was different it was a departure yeah it was exciting for me yeah. this that was the first show concert i went to with my friends with no <laughs> parents it was a it was like, moonlight it was, tour. yeah it was yeah. it was at a stadium it was uh it was the go-go's and madness were oh, also yeah. opening up yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was it was a great what great year fun. it was 83 yeah. yeah oh yeah august of 83 yeah we went. We went to Milton Keynes, which is uh, one of those new towns they built back in the late seventies, early eighties, or whenever it was. We so we schlepped all the way to Milton Keynes uh, to see him, and it was again. It was that iconic thing of him in that blue suit with the big shock of blonde hair. On yeah, the stage. Like, look at him. He's so cool. Yeah, yeah it was still amazing. Yeah. loved it. Did you ever meet Gary Newman, or is that? Uh... I've met Gary Newman a few okay. times. Uh, again, he's one of those people that when I say hello to him, because I've been introduced to him by friends of his. Mm-hmm. So I, so like I'll get, end up getting backstage, and I'm, and again I'm like really nervous because I think he's so cool, and um, th- and I go hi Dan, and he's like that, uh, oh yeah Zeb's mate, oh hi, you know it's that kind of thing. So I get a bit of vicarious like I know him, but I don't really know him. Mm-hmm. But I have met him. He's um, just very very lovely, very low key. You know, has publicly said he has Aspergers and all that kind of stuff. Painfully shy, mm-hmm. um, but a very lovely bloke. And again. I've, I've, if I've ever found myself in a situation with people like that where you end up just talking about fairly nonchalant stuff, it's like my dad always said about knowing languages. When you know a language to the point where you just have a conversation, you're not ordering a, a beer or a loaf of bread, <laughs> that's when it really makes sense. Mm-hmm. To, it's, it's in there. And so when you're hanging out with somebody you really admire and you're just going, yeah, so last Friday I was just blah, blah, blah. And you think, what am I doing? I'm having a normal conversation <laughs> with this person who I should just be going, you're really great. Mm. I do remember seeing him on the first time I I saw Gary Newman was on Saturday Night Live. Okay, they put him on. I have no idea. I mean, they had that like was a for gr- Cars. Yeah, right? was, yeah. yeah, they played yeah, yeah. Cars, and I'm like I have never seen anything like that. I mean, I was twelve or something, whatever it was, but it was like had nothing I'd seen before. 
And so, I mean, through through that, that's how I kind of went down the Gary Newman hole of like, oh my god, what is, what is this guy about? Amazing. Yeah, he <laughs> still and is. And I mean, he, and uh, you know, there's a uh, there's a great thing called Synth Britannia. A great, uh, it's about like a three part series in the UK. You'd probably get it on YouTube called Synth Britannia, which is all about that. And th- they have like Andy McCluskey and. Um, Martin Ware and uh, so the, the the other guys that were trying to have hits at the time all roundly saying when Newman appeared on Top of the Pops, which was the big Thursday night, yeah. uh, you know, uh, pop show in, in the UK. Um, when he appeared on Top of the Pops singing, or was it Our Friends Electric? I think it was Cars. Uh, they all went, oh shit, he's done it. He's made it. He's made a <laughs> pop song that's gone on, gone on to that show. Cause around that time, it was very much guitar bands. It was like, you know, it was, it was rock. And uh, and um, so they all, you know, Andy McClassie went, oh, fuck, he's beaten us to it. And, but <laughs> what he did do is he opened the floodgates for all those for those electronic bands. Sure. Yeah. yeah I mean, when I first heard that, I was like, what? Is, is, yeah. Didn't know. Is this is this pop? Is this, is this yeah. something that was that and did open the floodgates? And he said, right. you know, when he went to write uh, when he did that Tube Army album, he went into the to his record label, said, go and do your album. And he was going to do a punk album. That's what he was going to do. It was all guitars. <laughs> and the famous story he always tells in every interview is uh, there was a Moog lent up against the wall and mm-hmm. they plugged it in and it made this noise. And he went, oh, that's kind of cool. Let's put that all over everything. And he said he delivered the album. The label went, oh, what have you done? This is not what we wanted. And he went, I don't know, but I think this is going to be, re- you know, put it out. I'm put <laughs> it out. You know, and he was right. I want to know about some of your, uh, we would like to know about some of your other synth pop heroes. It's one of those things, when you say it, then you start trying to right. think oh, of them I all. I mean, I, I, me and my mates got into things like Cabaret Voltaire and all these very, very <laughs> experimental electronic yeah. bands that then bled into, you know, Vince Clark, obviously, I, well, not obviously, but Vince Clark for me was, I'll tell you my Vince Clark. <laughs> uh, here's, my, here's my Depeche Mode story, my book. Vince Clark story. When I was in school... <laughs> Uh, I, I was, I get, we were, th- it was 81, uh, I'm trying to think, I was about 13 years old in the third or fourth year maybe, and um, in my school in Richmond, which is in South London, and um, there was a gaggle of us that were into synth, into electronica, and our English teacher during one of the lessons said, has anybody here heard of a band called Depeche Mode? Mm. And so a bunch of us went, yes, sir, sir, I do. I know them, I know them. He said, well, my sister's going out with uh, somebody in that band called Martin. <laughs> so, of course, we're like, what? Uh, and she, that, so do you think I should try and get them to come to the school and play? Oh, <laughs> we were like, are you kidding? Anyway, we're going to need roadies. Who wants to do that? So me and my mate Ben, and we're putting our hands up, can't put your hands up any higher, you know. And we, okay, you, 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 and you. So... One lunchtime, one Wednesday, I can't remember what it is, and, and I, it took years later, somebody had posted all these photos up, you know, once the internet kicked in. Um, this transit van arrived, this, you know, panel van, and out got Depeche Mode. They've gone wearing those kind of real 80s sort of aviators, but they were graduated, so they got lighter. From <laughs> I, I distinctly remember it. Anyway, they arrived. Daniel Miller from Mute Records came because he was their manager at the time. And they ended up putting on our blazers, you know, our uniform and taking photos of that. So we're all getting our lunch in the dinner hall, wandering down the thing, getting our potatoes. And, and through the wall, we can just hear... <laughs> as they're running the tapes and getting all the music up. And Depeche Mode did a gig in our school. And the headmaster said, right, you're allowed to take your ties off. <laughs> that was it. That was all they were allowed That's to amazing. do. You can take your ties off and you can go and watch Depeche Mode. And we, we watched this Depeche Mode gig in our... Because they were jobbing around... They were going mm-hmm. around the country, you right. know, promoting themselves and trying to get kids into it. <laughs> like One Direction do yeah, and all. The Spice Girls all did it, you know. And so we watched Depeche Mode. And I remember Vince Clark, obviously, was still with them at this point. 
And I just thought, he's so cool because he's written all this stuff. And I think Speak and Spell had come out, so we were all starting to listen to that. Vince Clark had a Roland JP4 for the synth fans out there. <laughs> Vince Clark had a Roland JP4. Martin Gore had a Korg MS20. Um, and uh, Andy Fletcher had a Moog Source. And if you're into synths, look up the Moog, or you want to be into synths or whatever. The Moog Source is a bit like a really cool guitar. You can put it on your wall because it's a synth that's like orange and blue and it's got a big spacey knob on it and it's got it's silver. And so like, if you find, find a great strat and you put that on your wall, if you want to put a synth on your wall, the yeah. Moog Source is the one for me. Anyway, so uh, anyway, my heroes. So Vince Clark, without doubt, because what did he do? He left Depeche Mode early. What are you doing? What a nightmare. <laughs> and then he forms Yazoo or Yaz, as they were called out here. Mm-hmm. He did um, Erasure again, you know, just kept on nailing it, just kept on nailing it. I love him for that. And then, I mean, all those bands, Human League and Eurythmics as well. Eurythmics was cool because, they, um, you know, Dave Stewart did that kind of thing. But he was slightly more kind of highbrow, mm-hmm. I think. But again, anything that was electronic like that, you know, I just, Pet Shop Boys, I mean, you know, West End Girls, the greatest 80s song ever, I think, when you hear that synth pad. Um, So, I don't know, I could keep on going. That sort of style of music, it was all very kind of girly and a bit fey, but I loved it. All right. So, oh, you know, I mean, I'm sorry because we're talking. Well, you know, the, 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 the yeah. title of this podcast is based on a Smiths track, and I wasn't really listening to the Smiths. And of course, it wasn't until years later that I got into the Smiths and went, "Oh, they're so great!" And of course, you know, the songs that once I discovered that sort of stuff and calmed down and not wanted to hear synthetics, mm-hmm. then I'd start listening to people like the Smiths and stuff like that. All right. So all artists uh, rip off each other. What have you taken from Vince Clark and put onto your own music? Maybe you maybe you hide it in there somehow. I'm sure there's like a little riff that's like, oh my god, I lifted this directly because I know you did. Don't deny it. I, when I mean, I haven't released. I, you know, I don't write songs. <laughs> no, I don't well, I'm sure you've, you've created some music. Where it's well, like, I, I, so I write with a guy called Josh Phillips, and Josh is um, a, a phenomenal musician, but a great keyboard player, a great Hammond organ player, and has played with a band called Procol Harum for about the last twenty oh. years. <laughs> And so, uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know any keyboards. Is, did they have something in there? <laughs> you know, there's, a, there's maybe some keyboard lines that somebody in the world could find that Procol Harum okay, did. Well. So Josh is one of the, is when they go and tour, he's the one that has to play that famous keyboard line. But mm. the point with Josh is that he's, he's, uh, he's about six or seven years older than me. So I kind of come, I bring all my 80s electronica sensibilities to the room and he tries to stop me from doing that. And he brings all his kind of prog rocky, whiddly whiddly keyboards or, or you know, or, or kind of the Who. I mean, hey, don't get me wrong, the Who are great. But um, so he'll play the guitar and it'll sound like the Who or it'll sound like, you know, that kind of world. And so I'm always trying to get the synths on and get some kind of synth sound <laughs> in there. So that's that's kind of the joke is while we're doing stuff. He's like, go and switch on the Moog, switch it on, put something in there that's, you know, electronic. And I'll, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and I'll try and hide <laughs> something in there. But. However, I've never nicked anything off anybody. <laughs> it's, all brand, it's all brand new because these days of the litigious, terrible lawyers killing the industry by just suing everybody for sounding like somebody. I mean, that's a whole other podcast we should do about that. But, you know, Ed Sheeran now has to just go, I'm not influenced by anybody. I've never listened to anything else because otherwise I'm in court. <laughs> all right. This is a good time to take a break. This seems like a great time to take a break. Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. 
Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Welcome back to the What Difference Does It Make podcast. Is somebody you've neglected to mention? Thomas Dolby? Oh, God. (laughs) Of course. It's it's just the red light syndrome. I can't think. Love Thomas Dolby. Love Thomas. One of the most underrated Mm -hmm. songwriters, uh, you know, uh, ever. And and I'll tell you why I love Thomas Dolby. He started... One of our submarines um, is one of those songs when you listen to it that he put sound effects into as well as the song and i loved that notion of putting in real world sounds into songs and and mm. you know when you listen to the flat earth and um probably the flat earth mainly that album it, there's all the kind of lovely crickets and and frogs when he's talking about the bayou or whatever it might be and he just rolls these sound effects in and mm. they take you away and and uh, yeah i love thomas dobby and i have met him a couple of times and i was a terrible fanboy when i first met him we interviewed him for a podcast we did for this <laughs> 80s uh radio station and um I just think it was probably the worst interview I've ever done with anybody because I just looked at him and go, it's Thomas Dolby. You know, and I probably asked him questions that were far too, far too nerdy. But, um, yeah, love him, love him because, and also he's one of those people that if you, if you try and level at him the whole kind of electronica thing, he'll bulk against it because he's a songwriter. He'll say, I'm a songwriter and I write songs and yeah, I use synths, but you know, that's because they were lying about or mm. I had shitloads of money I could buy a Fairlight and I could sample and all that and the same with we interviewed Trevor Horn and you know and the whole notion of the interview was about um, uh, technology and music <laughs> and I don't know Trevor yeah. Horn so here's the story about Trevor Horn right? <laughs> so Trevor Horn we interview him right and he's really really mardy he's not into it he's not interested right and I'm trying I'm saying so Trevor you know tell us all about the uh, technology used in uh, when you're doing Owner of a Lonely Heart or or uh, you know the Frankie albums or the Art of Noise you know and he's like and all that was played by people all that was played by people there was and I'm like yeah but you know you, you, you had lots of money so you bought a Sinclavier and you sampled bass sounds yeah but we got human beings to play that so we interviewed him and it was the it was an awful awful he, he warmed up eventually and we got an interview out of him and 
me and my mate Nick was stood on this platform at this station going, oh my God, never meet your heroes. That was the hardest thing ever. So we then interviewed these other guys from a company called Avid that make this software called Pro Tools. And Pro Tools is a a very, very (laughs) successful uh, audio editing software. And um, this guy, Ben from Avid, went, hey, what have you been doing? We said, we've just interviewed Trevor Horn. And he went, oh, really? And we said, yeah, why do you say it like that? And he said, well, it's it's only half 11. Why did you interview him now? And we went, why is that a thing? He said, oh, yeah, you should only ever interview Trevor Horn after kind of nearer lunchtime because <laughs> up until that point, he hasn't had his Diet Coke and his spliff. Once he's had that, uh-huh. he's fantastic. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, so, and Trevor Horn, same sort of thing like Thomas Dolby. If you try and sort of say to him, hey, you're like Electronica, man. They're like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not. I'm a songwriter or I'm mm-hmm. a musician. And that was just the tools we had at the time, you know. That's another perspective. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Which it was, you know, if you watch Synth Britannia, oh, yeah. um, Andy McCluskey from OMD so he said, you know, when we when we started writing all our songs and having hits, mm-hmm. the Konyashenti, the, 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 the NME and Musical Express and all those British press went, yeah, but, you know, that's all like, it's electronic and you've got that keyboard where you just press a button and the hit <laughs> song comes out. Yeah. And Andy McCluskey <laughs> said... Do you not think if we had a synthesizer with a button on it that had you could hit you hit it and it made a hit, we would all have bought it and just be pressing it a hundred times? These are songs we wrote songs, right. you know, yeah. they were great songs, but they were electronic songs. All right, um, you want to get your book out, or what, okay. do you, what do you? What do you? I want feel to like do? we haven't even scratched the surface. Well, we haven't, but you know, we've got a whole decade to do. I, I, I know. I understand. See, could have just picked a year. We, but so at the end of every episode, we do this trivia. What quiz? This eighties trivia. Oh, yeah, it started crikey. with this because you've listened to every episode. Rock right? and roll. You, you, know, you know what's yeah, going on here. Yeah. So we switch off asking each other the questions, see how many we get right, and it's it's not just you know synth and new wave, but we're going to ask you. Is that a, is, what is that? Is that a US this is, book? This oh. is the US book. So, yeah, we'll so see. I'm screwed, really, because you're going to start saying some weird bands that I've never heard. No, of. I don't think so. I, well, Tears of Fears. <laughs> Tears of Fears. That's the other ones we need to mention. Obviously, we didn't. Even Every have... time I remember these bands, I just oh, shout them out. I know. Actually, like you, a savant. You were growing up at the time. We are, we interviewed uh, Trevor Steele from the Escape Club. Okay, who had the song Wild Wild West. Which and, we you're know. Look, and you're looking at it like I don't know that I song. I don't know that. I would this have played a, it though. I this think. was he was. He's from he's Britain. He's British. He's the only British artist to not chart on the on the British charts. It was an, to have and it was number one in America. Really, yeah. Wild Wild West number one in America. Didn't do didn't do anything. In, Wang in Chung it. were the other ones. Wang Chung did really well over here, didn't they? Back in the eighties, and they oh, yeah. didn't yeah. really do. I mean, they were okay in the in in the UK, but not really much. I yeah, I don't Bush know because well, he was Bush. talking. Yeah, he in our interview he was talking about like he's playing the big crowds in in England in his hometown. And he found out he was actually at a pub in, in in somewhere in England, enjoying a pint, and he got a phone call, and they told him he's number one you in America, no and wow. he was by himself, or you know, he was like with some friends, like sharing the news with the bartender. Yeah, he went, screw hey, you, you, UK, I'm gone. Yeah, I know. And it wasn't until he came into America, he's like, oh, oh this wow. is a big deal. Wow. Yeah. That well, must they be, are- that must be so weird, mustn't it? They are now. He's on a. He's on an '80s tour. The band is on. You know, is the it? '80s tour that yeah, are yeah, that yeah, yeah. multiple bands on a bill. Yeah. I heard you mention that because that's one of you. That was one of your sponsors or something. I heard you say that. Oh, like the '80s Tony cruise. Hadley and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the cruise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you listen to our spot. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it, they're going to play out Escape the cruise, Club. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> you saw, we sold, you it, sold it, out. it out. Yeah. Oh, they said you don't need to do it anymore. <laughs> you sold it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's going to be playing there. there. He said he thinks they'll come back and do some shows in, in London. So. so is that song going to be on the Spotify playlist? Because I will have a listen to it and then I'll oh, we'll play I'll it. I'll play it for you right I'll email you and go, of course I knew that song. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I already know by looking at these that you're probably going to get the answer to most of them. Really? Would you like Are to you ask sure? them or would I? Sure? Or, Holly would, says this all the time. 
Holly is a much better reader than I am, so we'll let her. <clears throat> she's a she's right. a lovely hostess. <laughs> yeah, these is that going to be a jingle for this or not? <laughs> yeah, we just send no, you. Would one? you like to make one? Yes. Oh, dude, we need like transition type uh, music. We gotta get <laughs> and you and you can make it as as you could rip off we're, things as much as you like. Weren't you the one who said? One of your musician friends, you know, pay him a well, yeah, pay him a hundred bucks. What's the music? There's a music. Is that a band? Someone made it for us. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A friend of a, yeah. a friend of Dave's. A friend of America. Well, uh, we need a little I'll British go, touch. I'll go too. back and do some electro, something yeah. like you we, know, proper urban electro, something like that from the really early '80s, Africa Bambata type stuff. That's what we need. <laughs> You're bordering on famous, so I think that's going to cost us a lot of money that we don't have. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about rights and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, that, yeah. That there's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so there are 10 questions. Oh, my God. Okay. And they're all multiple choice? Dave's just That's said half an hour maximum. For you have 30 seconds <laughs> to answer. They're, they're oh multiple God. choice, but some of these... Oh, well, they are good. Okay, good. You will for sure be able to answer some of them. We need okay. a bell or something. But at least, at least I can give an answer because you're going to give me some options. I'm going to give you options, but you're, the, ones that, the ones that you know off the bat, I'm not even going to give you the options. Oh, you okay. can just yell it out. All right. Like this one. <laughs> Who had success with the song Fascination in 1983? Fascination. Oh, uh, Baluie Sum. No, that's imagination, isn't it? Fascination. Oh, it's uh, it's human league. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. If I sing, does that stop? You're, does that you, get you, taken down? No, you're fine. <laughs> yes, you're showing your UK like roots it. with this. Uh, yeah. that you almost answer. lost all credibility yeah. by not sorry, being able to sorry, answer that. Sorry. <laughs> it's on okay. the spot now. It's horrible. I know. I have to see. I have no idea. Same ill, cut from the same cloth. I, I, well, not really, but okay. Keep going. In which year did Cindy Lauper release the song "Girls Just Want to Have Fun"? Do you want the multiple choice? Eighty-five. Close. Eighty-one, eighty-three, or eighty-five. Eighty-five. Eighty-three. Oh, okay. Okay. Should I throw out hints for him? When, <laughs> yes. When did you create? Yeah. Wait, what, yes. what's this it called? I'm going to fall fat on my face with this. <laughs> this is a, you're, it's not high school. What, were, what was, what's, what's it called when you're, you know, 14 through what you 18? What do you call your school that you're in? You called second, that's second, called secondary, secondary school. school yeah. Secondary yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> is it, is it freshman, uh, sophomore, junior, you, uh, senior? So like from that? Like, from like 11, hang on. From so, when? Okay. From so, so like, let's say. You when, when secondary secondary school is from 11 to 16. That's secondary school. Oh, so really? So, yeah, so, so primary what hap- school is prior what to that. At 17, so that at six, what happens after 16? Then You're you done? Go, then you go to uh, sixth form. It's called sixth form college, and you do two years. You do your A-levels, or now they're called ASs or something in the UK. And then after that, you go to university. All right. So you're still 18, I'm but you're doing two years of, of completely post. Lost. Yeah, yeah. We just have yeah. like middle and high school. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's it. Yeah, you. Guys that's all our brains simple. can handle. Oh, yeah, we can't handle it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you keep yeah. it simple. We don't. <laughs> okay, moving We're only on. Two questions in. <laughs> Where am I? To, oh, oh <laughs> yes, some of these. <laughs> Sorry, looking ahead. Oh God. Which song by Madonna begins with the phrase "I made it through the wilderness"? Somehow I made it through. <laughs> So when you say things like you can't remember the, uh, uh, oh, um, I know, I know, just going to sing it all, but, uh, but when you get to the chorus, oh my god, which is, and then the chorus is, bum, bum, bum. Ver- like a virgin. There we go. Very good. I knew this the bump, bump, bump would work. Yeah. All right. Who had a hit in 1986 with the song "Living on a Prayer"? Uh, bon Jovi. Very good. Oh, you know Bon Jovi. I met, him. I met John Bon Jovi. Yeah. You he did? signed my guitar. I have a signed guitar at home from John Bon Jovi. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, how'd you get him to He's sign very it? small. Anyway, move on. They're all small. Yes. Yeah, they are, aren't they? He's uh, tiny. Yeah. yeah. They're all small. Oh, those rock stars. <laughs> They're all yeah, small. No. Well, that's, <laughs> okay. It, you didn't tell us your Bon Jovi. I guess we weren't focused on... Don't go big on Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to lose. Our, our listeners are dropping off. Okay. Yeah, okay. 
which album by the band Survivor was released in 1982? I have the Tiger. Is it called that? Very was good. It was. Okay. Yeah. It was the name oh. of the band of, of the but, album. Yeah. Okay. You're good. Was it, okay, a title song. Very good. <laughs> in which did Phil Collins release the song Another Day in Paradise? Wait. Which year? In which? Oh, yeah. They ask a lot of year questions. Yeah. I know, I don't like you that. See, if you're a radio person, you don't ask questions around that way. That's you say, in 1987, yes. what it's, did Phil Collins release? Then you get some interesting answers. I, I agree. But well, we're is, just looking for an A, B, or C. Oh, okay. <laughs> so which year did he release Another Day in Paradise? So yes. that would have been like late 80s or mid to late 80s, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would have been like 87. So What's the choices? Your choices are 85, 87, 89. I'm going to say 87. It's 89. Is it really? Yes, so it's it the is. Early nineties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, I, yeah. Phil Collins, yeah. desperately naff, but brilliant. Yeah. I mean, brilliant he was. He, those some of those those albums, the No Jacket Required, and all that, brilliant albums. Yeah, they are. They are. I agree. Not my personal favorite. No, and but, I and I'm with you. I, I think yeah. he's really naff, and I think you know there was a, a, a cheesy element to it, but okay, he's yeah. good. Stop. What is naff? It, you know. It's, <laughs> um, this is this we're in America now. It's, you gotta you gotta talk it, English. It, well, if it's naff, it's it's like it's it's oh man, that's that's really interesting. How do I define naff? It's slightly uncool. It's it's a bit uncool. Yeah. You know, it's like it's a bit of a naff album. I'm sure I should. Really How do you spell it? Is that Dor- like Dorky? a N A double F? I guess yeah, not N A P H. Oh, K N A P H. No, no, no. That's <laughs> like a, like a soup or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's it's uncool. It's it's slightly uncool, and I'm really start you don't want to be part of it. Naff. Naff. Yeah. yeah. You have to use it right, though. I'm going to call you out. Yeah. Well, you, you will do. You, you know, it's, sure. it's, it's, he was probably a guilty pleasure for people. So you know that that kind of. Yeah. He was legit for yeah, me. People and took then, him seriously. Yeah. yeah. No, I. It, hey, listen. He, yeah, I remember first hearing it, like, oh, this this is great. I love this. And then you know, suddenly he's uncool. And then you know, yeah. as years go by, like, you know what, these songs are amazing. They're brilliant. You and can't you a, can't deny them. A great jazz drummer, apparently, as well. Yeah. Phil Collins. Yeah. Really good jazz drummer. Go ahead. Okay, keep, next. Keep it coming. Who released this on Caribbean Queen in 1984? Caribbean Queen. <laughs> oh, he knows this one. Uh, Billy Ocean. He knows job. everything. <laughs> good job. <laughs> Haven't met him. Very good. Oh, well, let's see. How about this one? Who released the song No More Lonely Nights in 1984? Uh, that's uh, No More Lonely Nights. Oh, crikey. Oh, well, man. I can give you choices. I, yeah, give me choices. Yeah, yeah. Paul McCartney, John Lennon, George Harrison. No, Paul McCartney. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. isn't that weird that you forget yeah. a Beatle putting a song <laughs> I know. That's so weird. Uh-huh. He gets a bad rap, Paul McCartney. He, you know, obviously not for the Beatles and all that. But I like things like Wonderful Christmas Time. I think that's a great, great song. When that comes on, (laughs) it's Christmas. I hated Mull of Kintyre. But then what else did he do? The Frog Chorus was pretty awful as well. But, you know. The what? The Frog Chorus. Oh, see, these are songs that probably didn't make it over the pond. Hmm. There's a song called The Mull of Kintyre. What is oh, that? That's to the tune of what? Uh, Mull of Kintyre. Yeah, no, I, I, I do know the song, but it's like a, it's like a, it was like a Scottish yep. thing. Yeah, huge hit. Yeah, huge hit. Well, what was the other one that you mentioned after uh, that? The Frog Fro- Chorus. You don't know the Frog no. Chorus? Uh-uh. I, you'd have to look it up. Know. Put it, get it on Spotify. Playlist. Can hear it. Yeah, There's yeah, playlist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, this is a yeah, yeah. Be- you listen to it and you go, a Beatle did this. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't. No, don't put it on. I don't. <laughs> I met, yeah. I met George Harrison. How? Oh, see, that's cool. I met George Harrison. You did? Yeah, do you want to crack What do you say to George Harrison? I was very, very young. I was only about, I was only about eight or nine years old. Do you um, ask him if he knows Gary Newman? <laughs> <laughs> no, Gary Newman was nothing to me. Not, I, 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 David Bowie was only just something to me. 
Yeah, I met him on the set of a movie. I was in a film. There's a film called The Ruttles, which is like oh, a... Oh, I know that. Okay, so it's, yeah. a, it's a spoof. It's a, yeah. A, 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 Have you met Monty Python? Like yeah. The, the whole troupe? Well, uh, my, my father worked with all those people, so that's a whole other oh. podcast. Let's get your... Um, oh, there we go. That's How long are you I staying? Want, so if you watch The Ruttles, they, yeah. do a, they do a piss take of... They do a Mickey take, sorry, of um, uh, All You Need Is Love, but it's called Love Life. You know, First of all, you have... To, what is a piss take and what is a Mickey take? Okay, so if you take the piss or you take the mick, you know... You you you're you're uh, you're taking a piss. You're, you're uh, what's the word? You know you're you're, you're aping it. You're you're. <laughs> no, nope, you gotta give us that ridic- one too. Ridiculing it oh. is probably the right okay. word. Uh, and so in that scene, they do this song that's called "Love Life," and it's the whole "All You Need Is Love" thing mm-hmm. with Neil Innes and Eric Idle yeah. and the other uh, with all the petals and the whole thing and all the girls and they you know just and in it, my sister and I are in it because my father's second wife was the art director on it and they went come down and we need bodies so i'm there's a little kid in a red sweatshirt sat cross-legged at the front that's me sort of swaying from side to side and my dad my dad said this is this is george Uh, this is my son dan and i shook his hand i remember this massive shock of corkscrew hair because at the time i think he had that film company whatever was putting the money in to make the ruffles because they were all mates so that was my george harrison (laughs) my george harrison moment that's what wow george loved he just Wanted to see these movies. I think, yeah, like, it, yeah. like that's how Meaning of Life came out. Yes, exactly. No, he couldn't get financing for, or Monty Python couldn't. They gave it to George yeah, Harrison. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'll, I'll pay for that's it. That's right. Hand and they asked him what, why he why did you pay for this? He's like, I wanted to see the movie. Yeah, that's so, exactly. So how lovely. What else am I supposed to do with my money? Yeah, he spent like ten million dollars just that's to see right. a movie. That's right. Handmade films, I think they were called, weren't they? That's good use of good, good use of your. No, it's, it's brilliant. I wanted to see yeah. the film. Yeah. <laughs> I still thought 18 months for them to make it. You know, it was like, you know. <laughs> okay, you can we finish the quiz? Sorry, no. Okay, so we got No More Lonely Nights. Okay, we're pretty Madonna heavy on this one. What year did Madonna release her third album, True Blue? 84, 86, 88. I was going to say sort of 86, 85, 86, 86. You're really good at this. You gave me some choices. <laughs> okay, last one. Who released the song Dress You Up in 1985? Madonna. <laughs> It's all Very about good. Madonna. Though. I it's know. Like the Madonna page. It was, yeah. It wasn't. I, it, it was just quiz four. There you go. Yeah. Soft Cell. Hey, Soft Cell. That's another great synth duo. Oh, yes. Why were there yes. so many duos? This is the other thing yeah. for us. That's there true. Were loads of duos, don't they? That was the thing. One guy behind the keyboards mm-hmm. and somebody singing. That was a, that became a real kind of template and yeah. a very successful template. It worked. Well, you know, they weren't Hall Notes, but you know, who can? Who can be? <laughs> who can be love Hall Notes? All that stuff's making a big kind of resurgence. I oh, mean, yeah. it's not like they ever went away, but yeah, the kids know it now too. Yeah. Remember Chelsea was yeah. saying oh, yeah. on the uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, my kids are the same. They're they're starting to. How my, old are your my, kids? my boys are seventeen and nearly twenty one, and they're, uh, one of them's DJing, and so he's finding stuff like Hall Notes and Earth, Wind, and Fire, and all those acts, mm. all that kind of stuff because. Uh. They get bored and they go, there must be something else to listen to. And then they, they find Stevie Wonder, you know. Do you still have your vinyl? I do have my vinyl, but I set, a, I set up a deck and speakers in the house. And uh, I got a terrible deck. It's really, really bad. <laughs> and I put on an album and it sounded shocking. And I thought, this is awful. And so I just went back to the Sonos. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was streaming for the Sonos and I was like, this is, you know, just simpler and easier and... One, one day agree. I'll set it up. One day I'll set it up correctly with a good with a good deck. But you have to buy a good deck and a good preamp, and you have to. Everyone has to stand still, and it, you don't move around. It's a lot you of work. It. Yeah, and if you turn it up too loud, the, the sub bass comes. Through, you know, and you go. This is an awful format. Vinyl is a terrible, terrible format. Hence I, the move forward I, into. I don't you know. know about that. Well, still, don't, do you feel? Do you find it? 
to be well you haven't obviously you don't have the right setup but it's it's like you don't find it warmer or just kind of as neil young has famously said like he's he's still trying to find the the right format to to make his music sound proper is he really yeah as a sound engineer i always figure that i i I, i'm thinking that cd was probably the best format so far neil young hates it sure but if you're if you're i mean the trouble with vinyl is You've got a diamond being squeezed by some plastic with fluff and stuff in there getting caught up. So you've got to have this thing straddling over the front. And then everybody, you know, you've got to make sure it doesn't jump around. The mastering engineers, when they were given the lovely, lovely, beautiful tapes by Supertramp or whatever it might have been, Pink Floyd, you know, then had to roll all the bottom off so that the needle didn't skip and they had to kind of master it for, for, for vinyl. And then also, as the needle gets to the middle of the record, it degrades in quality because it's spinning slower. So the best tracks were put on the outside. So there's all these things about vinyl that are, that are terrible, whereas CD, that was just an unexpurgated version of the two track that came out of the studio it was mm. you know it's 16 bit 44.1 not compressed you could skip the tracks it's you could throw it down sound. and pick it up and yeah. it wouldn't sound any worse because it didn't get degraded so and what about streaming now like if you do you subscribe well, to, to spotify or apple or do you listen to music that through that i or, do yeah you know what is that i should like? as, a, as a creator i shouldn't be listening to spotify or whatever the arguments are it, it's just so convenient isn't it and the discovery i mean that's the point well, that's, that's all this stuff but these the, days but sound from a music uh production I, I, don't, I don't have a title account i didn't get into all that kind of you know uncompressed wav stuff that 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 came out um so yeah i've got spotify my kids insist on having that ability to find anything they want to find whenever they do weirdly i probably just keep listening to the best mode on spotify you know but you know <laughs> not, not but, you i think know, you do uh, yeah i probably do but you know the old days you had to go to the shop and say to the guy what do you recommend and he mm-hmm. just said so you know the algorithm side of it is kind of cool and you know, just found that sam fender album recently have you listened to this guy oh. this, this kid called sam fender he's the a country he's a, guy right no I'm he's of, UK. He's from. He's a Geordie, so he's oh, from think, where Sting comes from. He's from mm, from uh, that okay. part of the UK, and he's done this album. Somebody gave him Born to Run when he was. He's now <laughs> twenty three, twenty four. Somebody gave him Born to Run when he was like sixteen or something, and he's just gone. Oh my God, that's what I want to do. So he's done this album. It's called Hypersonic Missiles, and I urge you to listen to it. And it's it's like. It's like Springsteen and Jeff Buckley have had a love child. And it's this brilliant, brilliant young kid. You know, so the soul, because he's young and all that great soul comes out of this 20-something body. But it's got big sax solos and glockenspiels and stuff. Mm. So it spins off into this sort of Springsteen-esque sound. It's like The Killers or something like that. And he's, yeah, he's like number one album at the moment in the UK, doing really well. I know that's what you're going to be listening to on the way home. Yeah, we Turned could do that, that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although, uh, yeah, do you go to Amoeba? Have you ever, uh, have you been to Amoeba Music? Record store no, down the street. No. Oh. Do I need we to go? go down there. Yeah, we, we might have to do that after this podcast. Oh, okay, yeah, it sounds <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah. Take yeah. a field trip there. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, your head will explode. Do you know what Dave, what Dave gave me for my birthday this year? What? He gave me a Yaz album. That was It was a record day special, right? It was a record day uh, yeah. exclusive. Right. Yeah. You're talking Yazoo, obviously, for my point. I'm talking about Yazoo. Yeah. Which album? It's my favorite. It's a, it's, it was specifically... Was it the live record or was it the... It's live. Yeah. But was it was it a special pressing or was it a special... Uh, did they compile this for Record say, Store Day? I'm sure it was just special and there's only <laughs> one of a kind and you have that. It is where, special. Where was it recorded live? Do you know? Okay. You know what? You can't ask me questions. Is it, is <laughs> it a London gig? That's Yes, I believe so. I'm saying yes. I'm on that. 
I, me and my <laughs> mate, me and my mate Chris Payne, when we were at art school together, because we were art school kids. I'm sorry, yeah, we and um, <laughs> we went to that. It was at Hammersmith Odeon, I think. Okay, I'm gonna look. I'll look. And as soon as halfway I get home. through, oh, what's that big slow number they do? Halfway through one of the really slow numbers, I go like this. I do that (laughs) if you listen it's like Winter Kills or one of those tracks and it goes really quiet and you hear this whistle and it's me so when you're listening to that oh my god that's me it was because then they went oh we've been recording this or whatever you know (laughs) cheers we'd like to slow it down now it's pretty general with us you should come up here then mate this is called Winter Kills. Uh, yeah, it was, I don't know. It was, some, it was one of those kind of mid-80s uh, gigs that they did. And we, and we nice. thought, let's make a noise in a quiet bit because we were idiots. You were those idiots. Yeah. I yeah. hate you guys. Yeah, sorry. I, yeah. But we were a, young and full of beans. It's and, quiet. We can't, <laughs> yeah. we can't fill up this Woo! somehow. Yeah, exactly. yeah, but we might be on the recording, so. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, let's wrap this up. All right. Hey. Thank you so much for coming Dan, out. Dan, thank great. you. It was so nice to have you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Will you come back? Every time you visit LA, will you come back and talk to us more? I would love to. I would absolutely love to if you have me back. We'll have you back. I don't think you'll ever run out of stories. <laughs> thank you. All right. Well, until next time, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.